Who is this Ray Epps character everyone keeps talking about? We'll talk about that tonight. We have Marjorie Taylor Greene and athletic greatness. All that's coming up tonight on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time to talk about the system. Do you ever hear the Catton Massacre? Probably saying that wrong. It's a foreigner word. Don't worry about it. But you ever heard of the Katyn Massacre? Well, you remember the whole Nazi Germany thing, right? Nazi Germany kind of make this agreement with Stalin's communists in the Soviet Union. Okay, they make a weird agreement. They decide they're going to spit roast Poland. The Nazis are going to take the west side. The communists are going to take the east side. Long story short, at some point in time, the communists came in to... Poland, and they decided to gather up all the police officers and military officers and any, really, any man with any weapons experience, leadership experience, and what they did was they hauled every one of them, one by one, down into an underground bunker where they shot every one of them in the head. They were shooting so many people in a given day that... They had several pistols set aside because the pistols would overheat. They were shooting them that quickly. They would then cart them out the back. Mostly this was done at night. They would cart them out the back, stack them up like cordwood on the back of a truck and take them out to the forest, and they buried them in the forest. The communists then covered all this up, and when asked about it, they claimed the Nazis actually did it. Now, it's just a little brief history story for you here, but here's the funny thing about it. I said they. What's that mean, They. Who's they? Who was shooting? I, I want to know who had a pistol in his hand that was blasting somebody in the face every five seconds. They had a real great system set up, by the way, hosing it down, people to haul them in, people to haul the dead people out. Oh, they had it down to a science. They, again, I just said that again. It's so weird. The state police, specifically the NKVD. You see, you could pick your atrocity. Communist atrocities, Nazi atrocities. Shoot, you can go back to guys like Ivan the Terrible. They all had same thing in common. Ivan the Terrible, all those people he slaughtered in his own own country. Okay, who slaughtered them? Was it Ivan himself? No, no, no. He had something called the Oprichniki. What were they, though? State police. Who was shooting all those people in the face in the Katyn Massacre, the state police? Who was kicking in all those doors in Nazi Germany? State police. You see, police power, especially federal police power, police power that answers to the top dog in the nation, they're the ones who have committed the most massacres throughout the history of mankind. I mean, you could venture, you could probably say they've committed 90, 95% of them. You look at any historical atrocity, the ones pulling the trigger are the state police. So, yeah, we're going to do a little segment here on Ted Cruz. We're going to talk about Ray Epps. We're going to talk about the FBI. But I want you to understand something. Inflation, taxation, the border, Afghanistan, there are a bunch of really, really, really important things out there, very important things out there. There's nothing, nothing more dangerous going on in the United States of America right now than the Federal Bureau of Investigation apparently becoming a weaponized arm of the Democratic Party and aiming its sights at you. And if you say to yourself that could never happen here, you should also say each and every person who was stood up against the wall and shot in the face in a bunker in Poland 
Well, they all said the same thing about the day before. You see, it can never happen here. Until it does happen here. Jill Sanborn, she's a big shot at the FBI. She was called in front of the Senate yesterday, and she was asked some very pointed questions about possible FBI involvement in instigating January 6th. Here's how that went. Who is Ray Epps? Yeah. I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well, there are a lot of well, people who are understandably very concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, Fed, 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 Fed. Ms. Sanborn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. I'm sorry? You, did you, did you say you cannot answer that question? A simple no would suffice, unless of course he was. And I mean, I want you to see for yourself. I want you to see for yourself the video, and then as you watch it, I want you to understand this Ray Epps character that, Ted, as Ted Cruz continued here, this guy is not under arrest. He spent about 15 minutes on an FBI Most Wanted list, was never arrested, never charged, and then he just kind of disappeared off their list, living as a free man in Arizona, as I understand it now. How could that be? Ted Cruz continued. The next day. The next day. On January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir. Similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. I'm sorry? Why can't you answer that? Big shot at the FBI? Just a, just a hopeless, hapless individual. Oh, where are we? Is this the Senate? Oh, I don't know anything. No, 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 no. No, no, the, all these people, by the way, just so you know, I want you to understand something. Before you get called to testify in front of the House or the Senate, they don't just call you and say, hey, we need you here in 30 seconds. You know you're coming well ahead of time. You know the exact subject matter ahead of time. And yet it's odd how often all these communists now say, well, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'll circle back. Oh, I'll check with my team. I don't know. Oh, you know. And let's just be honest about this. We've all seen the video by now. We've all seen this stuff from Ray Epps. Frankly, he's one of what it looks to be many. Well, let's just be honest. We know what the deal is. Remember, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they organized and planned a plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. We now know this. This is a fact. We now know this. They organized it. They were involved in that plan every step of the way. And then all of a sudden there were media headlines that a bunch of right-wingers were planning to kidnap the governor. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is now fully, fully invested in entrapping opponents of the Biden administration and throwing them in prison. Starting to sound familiar at all yet? Remember that Catton massacre? Ray Epps was clearly a fed.
Reyes was clearly there on behalf of the FBI, and he wasn't there to inform. He wasn't there to give him some info, whatever he found out. Reyes is clearly a man tasked with instigating something. Now, that leads me to this. Why? Why would the FBI tell their man, Ray Epps, hey, tell him to get in the Capitol? What does the FBI stand to gain from that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe labeling political opponents of Joe Biden as domestic terrorists and expanding their power across the nation. Maybe that's something the FBI was looking forward to. Maybe the FBI wanted a relatively benign, peaceful sauntering into the Capitol because they knew it would then justify them coming after you, coming after me. And it is funny, the day that Ray Epps' name gets thrown around the internet because of Ted Cruz and his questioning, all of a sudden the January 6th commission felt that they had to make a public statement about Ray Epps. And this is, this is maybe my favorite thing about it. They said, <laughs> Ray Epps? What? No, you don't understand. We already asked him about it if he was working with the FBI, and he said no. Oh, it's all good, guys. Well, never mind. Never mind. And, of course, that post-surgery guy, Adam Kinzinger, in the Congress, he, of course, took to Twitter immediately and began defending Ray Epps. Isn't it funny? He put out some long, asinine, I'm not going to read the whole thing, some long, asinine tweet, tweet thread about Ray Epps, and he's totally innocent, and this is conspiracy theory nonsense, and I don't understand anything at all. And it's funny how many parts of the system immediately ran to the fence of a Donald Trump supporter, supposedly, who walks around MAGA hat. Hmm. Doesn't, doesn't seem like the kind of guy they'd normally defend, right? Oh, I'm sure there's nothing there. And of course, Kinzinger, that loser, tries to come after me on Twitter, posts some stupid uh, gif of some guy drinking. You see that me down below? Kinzinger decided he was going to take a shot at the title. Adam, please, buddy. Focused on your communist buddies. You don't want any of this, pal. You're, you're in way, way, way out of your league, little guy. All right? Let's, let's get that clear. Now, speaking of January 6th, as this thing begins to look more and more like a Democrat slash FBI op to justify going after Republicans, let's do remember Andy McCabe. You do remember him, right? Kind of a big shot at the FBI. Oh, this is interesting. I can tell you from my perspective of spending a lot of time focused on the radicalization of international terrorists and uh, Islamic extremists and extremists of all stripes, what we are seeing and what Professor Pape's research makes clear is that this group shares many of the same characteristics of those groups that we've seen radicalized along entirely different ideological lines. It's absolutely essential to the health of our democracy that we know what happened on January 6th and in the aftermath. I think it's also important that anyone who is involved in that process is held accountable. Whether you are a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter, right, left or otherwise, um, we should all be able to agree on the principle that no one is above the law. Did you hear him just compare you to radical Islamic terrorists? Now do you see what's happening? 
It's happening right in front of your eyes. Like I said at the beginning, this is the most dangerous situation going on in the country right now. We have this guy, Assistant Attorney General Matt Olson. I mean, wow. The attacks in recent years underscore the threat that domestic terrorism continues to pose to our citizens, to law enforcement officers, to public officials, and to our democratic institutions. Based on the assessment of the intelligence community, we face an elevated threat from domestic violent extremists. That is, individuals in the United States who seek to commit violent criminal acts in furtherance of domestic, social, or political goals. Domestic violent extremists are often motivated by a mix of ideologies and personal grievances. We've seen a growing threat from those who are motivated by racial animus, as well as those who ascribe to extremist, anti-government, and anti-authority ideologies. At the same time, we remain vigilant to the persistent and dynamic threat from international terrorist groups, such as ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Anti-government. I guess you didn't know you were going to wake up today and be classified as an extremist or a terrorist by your own government. That's right, the Department of Justice has started their own anti-terrorism division. Are you nervous yet? Man, if you're not, you better be. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Marjorie Taylor Greene makes people uncomfortable all the time. That's why we love her. We're going to talk to her next, but first, buying insurance makes me uncomfortable, especially health insurance. I freaking hate it. I hate it. I've had to do it so much, I hate it. I hate having to bounce around through 10 different websites. You're on the phone with people. You're trying to compare different coverages. I don't understand. You don't have to do any of that anymore. Make a phone call. Make one phone call or just go online. If you don't want to make that call, fine. Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly and sign up. Faith-based insurance. Faith-based insurance endless insurance options 24 7 telehealth they've got vision they've got dental whatever you need my.onesharehealth.com slash kelly promo code jesse kelly we'll be back we need to go into the capital into the capital interesting i bet you that guy is currently under arrest and waiting trial with everyone else in the dc gulag joining me now to talk about that as one of the few people in congress with guts marjorie taylor green of course representative from georgia congresswoman who is that man man he must be she must be in handcuffs as we speak no well he should be by by any means and, and especially by this entire narrative 
Uh, Harry, I mean, that makes me really angry watching that, Jesse. And I'll tell you why it makes me angry is because we worked very hard on our objection. We read thousands of pages, um, all kinds of people's testimonies, signing their name, risking, uh, risking perjury in a court of law on affidavits about seeing election fraud. And that's why we objected on January 6th. But when you see Ray Epps, like like organizing, organizing this effort to go into the Capitol, but then Adam Kinzinger says that he's guilty of no crimes and thanks Ray Epps for supposedly coming to talk to the January 6th committee. I'm calling foul and I'm, I'm extremely upset over this. I'm glad you are, and, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, so this is just what I see, and I, I see it clear as day. We saw what happened in Michigan with the right-wing plot to kidnap the governor that turned out to be all FBI agents. This reeks to me of the FBI purposely instigating something happening at the Capitol so they would have further justification to aim their sights at the right and the enemies of the Biden administration. Again, I'm not putting words in your mouth. How am I supposed to look at these videos and come to any other conclusion? Oh, I think that's the question that everyone should be asking. And I'll tell you what, um, I'm really looking forward to taking back the majority in Congress because Congress has oversight. And Congress also funds organizations and departments of the federal government like the FBI and the Department of Justice. And, you know, I'm very interested in their funding. If they're going to be sending in agents or, or whatever these people are um, from whatever agency he's from, but he's definitely not a regular Trump supporter. And for some reason, the January 6th committee doesn't think he's guilty of anything, although they think everyone else is guilty. Um, I didn't see him in the D.C. jail rotting away, uh, sitting there just being held in solitary confinement for months on end. I didn't see him having his uh, rights violated by Deputy Warden Kathleen Landerkin that hates men, hates Trump, and just hates every single uh, Trump supporter in the jail and, and oversees their abuse. So, you know, here, here's the thing. I think uh, when we take back the majority, this Republic, Republican conference better do a good job of asking the real questions and holding people accountable. Will they? I mean, yourself, obviously not included in this, but you're going to have to forgive me if I don't have a ton of faith that the GOP is going to actually hold somebody accountable for something. I've heard that a lot. I haven't seen very much bite to go with that bark. Jesse, I think that's a fair assessment. And that's, I actually share that assessment as a Republican member of Congress. I too uh, think that they have failed uh, their voters and the American people in so many ways. And I don't think Republican voters are going to allow them to get away with it anymore. And I don't think they should. I believe in accountability. And I believe that it's members of Congress job to number one, we vote, we legislate, and we should be representing the American people and what's important for them, not protecting anyone in any type of federal um, department or agency or organization, because that's more swamp behavior that everyone is sick and tired of. So I totally agree with you, Jesse, and I look forward to taking back the majority and being a part of a very loud voice, um, even if I'm standing by myself and holding my own conference accountable. I hope you're not by yourself, but thank you for doing what you're doing. By the way, we did talk briefly. You just brought up the political prisoners we still have right here in this country. You know, it's not Vladimir Putin. Joe Biden has political prisoners right here in America, as you are well aware. What's their condition? Are they getting worse? Are they getting out? Please tell me something's moving. 
No, nothing has changed. Now, something did happen uh, that's very important just this week is one of the United States attorneys, so this is under Merrick Garland, has, has filed a claim and they're looking for the information from the U.S. Marshals about the detention center here in the jail where the January 6th defendants are being held. And there's information, they're waiting on it to come from the U.S. Marshals about how things are bad, that they don't meet the standards uh, set there. So there is an interest in what's going on in the D.C. jail, but as far as anything changing for those people, no, nothing has happened and they're still being held as political prisoners of war, which is absolutely wrong. And it's a two-tiered justice system. And it's a two-tiered justice system because all these Antifa BLM rioters, most of their charges were dropped, over 90%, 95% of those charges were dropped. But anyone that went in the Capitol, there's only been one case dropped, only one. And then we're just seeing an extreme abuse of these defendants and their rights, due process completely being violated. Uh, it's outrageous, it's appalling, and it's something every single American should care about. Why haven't I seen you on Twitter? Where you been? <laughs> well, Twitter has kicked me off. Uh, unelected Twitter, unelected Twitter has kicked off an elected member of Congress. That's me. Uh, they're very offended my, by my speech, apparently, and they've screwed up. They have definitely screwed up. They've got, they've got some problems ahead because they shouldn't have kicked me off. And you see unelected, unelected Twitter uh, is attacking, I would say, our Republican Party. Uh, declaring themselves the god of information and misinformation when in fact they are not. And I very much look forward to working these things out. I, I just met with uh, Kevin McCarthy, um, urging him to talk to Twitter and he has he's just promised me he'll be doing that. So we'll see what's going to happen. But here's my thing, there's other great platforms. Uh, I'm so enjoying Getter, uh, Gab, Rumble, Telegram, and very excited for Truth Social coming up next month. So I'm a believer in don't keep eating the bad food in a bad restaurant. If you can find better food elsewhere and, and better restaurants, then I'm all about moving on. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, we miss you. By the way, why, is, why wasn't I invited to hang out with you and Julie Kelly? That would have been a blast. Oh, well, hey, listen, she's still here and I'm planning to see her in just a little bit. So hopefully you can join us. Give her my best. All right. Now, <laughs> Democrats, the filibuster, they're making a lot of noise. Everyone heard. Well, you know what? Here's a little bit of Joe Biden from yesterday. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. I've been having these quiet conversations with the members of Congress for the last two months. I'm tired of being quiet. I believe that the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. Setting aside all the Jim Crow 2.0 idiocy, is this something that actually has a chance of going through? Because if they couldn't get that lunatic Build Back Better bill through, it doesn't seem like they're getting this through, but I don't want to be guilty of wishful thinking. 
Don't you feel like we just watched Grandpa, like, get out of the bed and, and yell at yes. everybody? I mean, that's what I felt like I just yes. watched. I'm like, can somebody just put him back in his bed and feed him some pudding and make him happy again? You know, Joe Biden, here's what's cracking me up. He's all about these passport IDs. Oh, you got to get a vaccine. You got to have a vaccine passport. You got to have vaccine identification in order to pursue life, liberty, and happiness in America. Well, I didn't see that in the Constitution, Joe, but he doesn't care about ID to vote. He totally wants to wipe that out so that so that anybody and everybody can just vote in our elections. So he's down there in Georgia rambling on trying to earn political points for Stacey Abrams, who's probably going to end up uh, you know, challenging him in a primary, but he won't know because he's basically got dementia and it's embarrassing. So here's the whole thing. If Joe Biden's going to try to force vaccine identification on Americans, then he should care about ID to vote. And we're just not going to comply with his unconstitutional requirements on vaccines anyways. Congresswoman, keep on doing what you do. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. It's great to see you today. She's awesome. All right. Christina Pushaw joins us next. Ron DeSantis' lady in Florida. But first... Have you gotten your Eden Pure yet? Well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. Have you gotten your three Eden Pure thunderstorms yet? I have three of them. I will say, full disclosure, I bought one at first. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know how great they worked. I had a friend recommend it to me because I always had the air purifiers. It keeps the air clean and more than anything helps me with my allergies. So I bought one. I didn't know. For all I knew, it was a big ripoff. Yeah, that thing's freaking amazing. It works so good, my sons came in my room and stole it and took it up to theirs. I went and bought two more. I have three now. One in my living room, one in my room, one in my boys' room. And they have a deal for my viewers right now. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, you get a three-pack for under $200. That's over $200 in savings at EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. My email inbox is full every day of people saying, oh my gosh, you were right. Trust me on this one. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. While so many around the country have consigned the people's rights to the graveyard, Florida has stood as freedom's vanguard. We reject the biomedical security state that curtails liberty, ruins livelihoods, and divides our society. And we will protect the rights of individuals to live their lives free from the yoke of restrictions and mandates. Florida has stood strong as the rock of freedom, and it is upon this rock that we must build Florida's future. Joining me now, Press Secretary for Heavy D, Christina Pusha. Christina, I hear so many emails, I get so many phone calls to my shows, I get so many emails about Heavy D and how this is such a breath of fresh air and it's so nice to hear someone talk like that. And I know you're his Press Secretary, you're not the GOP's Press Secretary, but that seems like such a straightforward, honest thing to say and a popular thing to say. Why is he the only one saying it? Yeah, you know, um, like you said, I can only speak for my boss. And by the way, it's hilarious you call him Heavy D. I think that's catching on. Um, but, you know, I think mm. he 
what he said in an interview a couple days ago really hit the nail on the head. He said he doesn't look at polls. He doesn't um, try to focus group decisions before he makes them. He leads. Like, he looks at the data and he makes his decisions. Um, yes, he gets input from advisors, but he is the one at the end of the day who makes those decisions for our state. Um, and I think, you know, other politicians, not only in the GOP, but of course, you know, it's, it's every party, um, they pay a little too much attention, I think, to what the polling says. And that isn't really leadership. No, it's certainly not leadership. And can you please recap the election, his election? Because people get this impression now. It's easy to forget that it's such a busy news cycle. People think of Florida as this blood-red state that's just, just, it's just Republicans falling from the trees down there. It was really close in his election, was it not? Right, yeah. I mean, you'll recall 2018, obviously, was um, what they called a blue wave year, right? And so... Um, the first statewide Democrat was elected in many years. That's the agriculture commissioner, um, Nikki Freed, a little bit, you know, out there, but she was elected um, and Governor DeSantis won by, I forget the actual margin, but it was small. It was about 30,000 votes, something like that. In a state of 22 million people, that is a slim margin. And obviously, like I said, 2018 was not the best year for Republicans nationally, but Florida in general, um, it's not really a deep red state. It is a purplish red state, trending more red, obviously, because we're getting, um, you know, a lot of great people from all over the country who are moving here to escape their lockdown states and their tyrannical, mostly Democratic governments. Um, and they're moving here because of our freedom. But still, I mean, we're not like a deep red state. So Governor DeSantis's policies, I think it's important to um, to draw attention to that he, he did have support from Democrat voters and still does, I think, but not like the hardcore lockdown liberal type of Democrats, more like moderate folks who might have been registered Democrats, but freedom and individual rights matter to them. And I think that um, really resonates. Christina, are you worried about all those new immigrants? I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I was just down there. I just vacationed with the fam for over Christmas time down in actually Hollywood, Florida. It was beautiful, and I loved it, and we're obviously going to come back. But talk to all my friends who are down there, and everyone seems to live there now. I am worried that there are Democrats coming, too. New York sucks for everyone, not just Republicans. Look, um, you're not the only one who's worried. Um, last week... Some people with New York license plates parked in Palm Beach reported that somebody had left notes on their cars saying that if you're one of those New Yorkers who supports lockdowns and Democrats, basically, um, don't bring your politics here. But to be honest, um, that is not what I've seen. And again, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, but from what I've seen, we've gotten a lot of people up like 800 to 1,000 people per day. And I wouldn't call them immigrants. I mean, it's people who are American citizens who live in other states, but came down here seeking freedom, or like a lot of parents who have school-age kids have come down here to give their kids a normal childhood. Um, um, to allow their kids to go to school without having their faces covered all day. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of people who just want normalcy and whatever they were in their home states, whether they were registered as Democrats or Republicans or neither, we are seeing um, that they are coming here because of our governor's policies and Republican voter registrations have outpaced Democrats for the first time in Florida's history, which is amazing. I mean, um, Democrats always had a couple of hundred thousand vote like advantage in voter registration. 
All right, you're obviously his press secretary, so you get to get all the hit jobs on Ron DeSantis right in the face. How hard have they been coming after him? Because I've predicted for a while they are really going to hate this man more than they've hated any Republicans in a long time. Look, I think it's fear, honestly. Democrats tell us who they are afraid of, and they are afraid of Governor DeSantis. They've made it so obvious. I mean, since really since the beginning of COVID, when he was um, one of the first people really take a strong stand against these lockdowns and for individual rights. And obviously that... Um, fear that Democrats have towards him. It's only intensified in the last few months as it's become clear just how popular these policies are and how Florida has become almost like a control arm. Um, we are basically, you, you were here, you saw we are 2019 normal. We are back to pre-pandemic normal for the most part. Um, and people who have given up two years of their lives covering their faces and with lockdowns and restrictions and all of that, um, the leaders who impose those kind of policies for the last two years, they cannot abide by that. So Governor DeSantis' success and popularity scares them because it's kind of an indictment of their misguided and I think unethical policies that have gone on way too long. Um, so I think that's where these crazy hit jobs come from. And obviously, I mean, they don't have any real criticisms or real scandals to report on because that's why they have to make things up like the whole um you know they made up a story that he had COVID and he was hiding from it like how ridiculous is that i do think it is it should be a bigger deal i know i know it gets put on social media and it, it's around for about an hour or two but i think it should be a bigger deal how these lockdown loving politicians all come to florida obviously aoc was the most recent example but she's certainly not alone that idiot governor in new jersey phil murphy just got back from a nice family vacation in florida nancy pelosi bought some gigantic mansion down in florida if florida is this COVID death trap why are all these lockdown loving democrats coming down there Look, that's a great question. And actually, after AOC was pictured maskless in Miami, um, Eric Swalwell was actually pictured in the lobby of a South Beach motel, um, not with a mask, you know, indoors, around other people. And to me, that's great. I mean, I want everyone to come here and enjoy themselves and live like normal life. Um, I would never tell anyone else to wear a mask. It's really up to them. But it's ironic that Eric Swalwell, AOC, Phil Murphy, all of these lockdowner politicians, they do not abide by their own rules, right? And to me, that's not hypocrisy. A lot of people like to point out the hypocrisy, but I see it more as they are just telling their constituents and they're telling Americans, I'm better than you. I'm more important than you. I'm special. I'm, I have power. So therefore, um, rules don't apply to me. And for some reason, you know, a lot of Democrat voters, they just eat this up. And I think that's pretty disturbing. It, it's like, you know, I used to live in a post-Soviet country, and it's pretty similar how the elite behave there, like the post-communist elite. And it's scary. All right, finally, President Trump sat down for an interview on OAN. He had this to say. Do you reconsider your push for it, or what's your view now on the vaccine in general? Well, I've taken it. I've had the booster. Many politicians, I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed, and one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. You've got to say it. Whether you had it or not, say it. Right. Christina, 
It's my understanding that Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are close and that they talk often, but I don't know either of them personally. Are they close? Because I sure took that as kind of a jab at Heavy D. Well, I didn't hear President Trump say anyone's name in that, though. I mean, it sounds like he's being pretty vague there. Um, so I'm not sure that I can assume who he was talking about. Okay. All right, but they are friends, right? They are friends. We want them to be friends. I mean, yeah, they have a good relationship. And honestly, I okay. mean, the, a lot of what President Trump said in that interview, um, it wasn't anything that Governor DeSantis would disagree with. It was very anti-mandate. And obviously, you know, the governor's never been anti-vaccine. He's always been anti-mandate and said this needs to be a private medical decision that everyone gets to make freely without pressure from the government, without pressure from a corporation or anything like that. And so he has been clear and consistent on that. And President Trump um, said the same thing in that same interview, as I remember. Good deal. Christina Pushaw, thanks for doing what you're doing. Please keep that state awesome because we're coming back again soon. All right. Looking forward to having you here. Thank you. See ya. You have a home. Do you own a home? I'll tell you, this was a bit of, shock, of a shock to me because I own a home. I didn't honestly know home title theft was a thing. Home title theft, what are you talking about? I didn't know all the home titles were online now. I guess that's just naive or dumb. I didn't know. They're online. If you own a home, your home title is online. And this home title theft where they hack in and they get your home title and they forge your signature on it and they go take a loan out against it, it's a big deal. It's the cybercrime sweeping the nation right now. You might already be a victim of it. You wouldn't know. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. They have a free offer for you right now. You can put in your address for free and see whether you're already a victim of it. While you're there, may I suggest you sign up. Use the promo code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. They'll protect you from it happening in the future. We'll be back. We're not done talking about the system and the danger of what's happening right now in the United States of America. Because I want to recap something. I want to make sure we don't forget something here. Remember, we recently had this huge, they called it a bellwether, every election's a bellwether, this bellwether election in Virginia, where Terry McAuliffe was going up against Glenn Youngkin. And McAuliffe was, of course, the communist, and Glenn Youngkin was the Republican. And McAuliffe gets up during the debate and says, we don't need parents involved in education. Now, the parents of Virginia were already upset. They were upset about critical race theory in schools. They were upset about all the masking, the Zuma. They were just just mad by this point in time. Well, once Terry McAuliffe did that, it set parents off. And then we started getting more parents and more parents and more parents showing up at these school board meetings. Nothing violent, nothing at all, but getting up at the microphone when it was their turn and loudly speaking their mind, as you should, at these school board meetings. You shouldn't be teaching this. You shouldn't be teaching that. Loudly speaking their mind. And then, all of a sudden, we get some memo from Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, the top law enforcement officer in the United States of America, essentially saying, hey, we got some basic potential domestic terrorists here at at these school board meetings. Need to be on the lookout for them. And people started freaking out. They started looking into it, and they're thinking, okay, what, what, how? Where did you get this? And people found out the NSBA, the National School Board Association, the NSBA 
They were looking at all these school board protests and they simply shot a memo, shot a letter to Merrick Garland that said, hey, we don't like these. And the attorney general just decided to start going after parents. All right, that alone is bad enough. That alone, if that was the end of the story, that would be scary enough. That's not the end of the story. You see the NSBA, they didn't write this letter by themselves. It wasn't some dork in the back room just typing up a quick letter. The NSBA had help. Help you may have heard of. Joe Biden's education secretary, this was all uncovered by Fox News, credit to them. Joe Biden's education secretary, Miguel Cardona, he was the one that solicited the NSBA letter comparing protesting parents to domestic terrorists. Just to break this down for you in a real 101 level, the education secretary of the United States of America looked out at parents, concerned parents, stepping in and protesting on behalf of their children's education. He then conspired with the National School Board Association to sick the FBI on those parents, to intimidate them into silence. Are you worried yet? You should be a lot more worried than you are. This level of overreach and government intimidation and government of abuse and government abuse of power is not only at a place where it is at a frightening level, it's already ruining lives. Remember, they're not slowing down. It's not, you know, over. They're not out there having a, you know, hat in hand. Hey, I screwed up. Shouldn't have done that. Sorry, everybody. No, 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 no. It's full speed ahead right now. These people don't slow down. They don't back off. That's the current situation in this country. It's that bad. All right, that's enough ugly stuff out there. We have athletic greatness. I don't know if you know this, but I played basketball for a long time, and I sucked. But seriously, I enjoy athletic greatness a lot. Coming up next on Lighten the Mood, well, you just have to wait and see. Hang on. You know what I admire? Greatness. Greatness anywhere. Whether the field of science, medicine, aerodynamics, sports. I just love greatness. I used, to, I used to watch the NFL all the time. I don't watch it anymore, but I used to watch the NFL all the time. Why? I want to see greatness. I want to see people who could run faster than I could ever run and bench press 9,000 pounds. I want to see wide receivers jumping out of the stadium to make catches. And more than anything else, one thing I've just always honestly really admired is the quarterback. That ability to drop back with all these things going on around you and make just a beautiful throw. I've always thought it is one of the cooler athletic skills out there. So when I saw this quarterback pull off this trick throw, I have to tell you, I thought to myself, I think this would be perfect for lighting the mood. So without further ado, here's greatness. I'll see you tomorrow.